0: Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. I'm Erica Carbajal, an editor with Becker's Hospital Review, and thanks so much for listening in today. I'm joined by Dr. John Dechapel, who currently serves as Medtronic's Global Regions Chief Medical Officer and Vice President of Clinical Research and Medical Science. Dr. Dechapel, thanks so much for being on here with us today. Before we get started, do you mind just giving everyone a brief introduction of yourself as well as Medtronic?
1: Certainly. And and thank you, uh, Erica, for the opportunity to chat today. So increasingly, we see doctors moving from their clinical practices into positions that are non-clinical roles, such as med tech. And my journey started 16 years ago. I was enticed by the opportunity to enter med tech because it offered the chance to help patients around the world and I'm a surgeon, and as a surgeon, you you can only operate on one patient at a time, of course, but when you're a med tech executive, and in my case, a chief medical officer, medical affairs leader, you you can really impact the well-being of patients around the world, and it's just been a tremendously exciting and satisfying journey. I still continue to practice. Uh, I'm a trauma surgeon in New York City, and uh, I work a couple of days a month. Uh, doing that, but the blend is is just perfect for me, and and uh, I'm really excited to have had the opportunity to do both.
0: Absolutely, great to hear. You know, you're still involved with patients, and you have a unique background. So, can you tell us a bit more about what led you from the OR to med device industry?
1: Yeah, I, I think it was that elevated platform that you can get when you're in med tech or in the med device industry. So you you can leverage your impact. So uh, having say on devices that we might develop or companies that we might acquire or how we approach our health system customers can really have a profound effect on thousands of patients. And that's just so exciting that uh, it's hard to refuse. Absolutely,
0: a broad reach. And can you talk as well about how might what Medtronic brings to the table today, how might that be different or more beneficial to what you've been delivering to products in the past?
1: Yeah, well, we change with the times, uh, just like everyone else. And healthcare is always evolving, but I think the pace of change has accelerated recently, perhaps driven by two macro factors, one being the pandemic with its many manifestations, but principally the impact on the hospital margins that are increasingly squeezed, and of course, the labor shortage that so many U.S. health systems are experiencing. And then I think the other macro trend that's causing this accelerated pace of change is the aging population. For example, we're seeing more and more patients going to Medicare Advantage plans. And principally, what we're seeing with both the pandemic and the aging population is an accelerated shift from the old fee-for-service model into value-based payment models, and we couldn't be happier to see this because this we know improves patient outcomes and hopefully expands access to care and so we try to as a result keep pace with the evolution of healthcare so that we can service our health system customers as as best we can and you know what we've seen now more recently then is a switch from not just focusing on supply chain executives, but also engaging more C-suite executives and others in ways that are not so transactional as they have been in the past, but ways that are strategic and collaborative. And we feel that we have to, to keep up, then bring expertise to the table that we've never done before. And when we do that, that means that we have to bring others to the table. So it's not just commercial leaders, but we're bringing kind of non-traditional partners along. So folks like myself in medical affairs um, are one, but we have experts in care pathway and process improvements that we bring bring forward to our customers. We have IT professionals who are expert in data analytics or reimbursement professionals, expert in risk sharing models. These new voices are, are needed more than ever before so that we can broaden our relationship like I said, to develop one that's more of a strategic partnership than maybe the more traditionally transactional one that we've had in the past. And the way we do this is kind of a multi-step process. We're spending more time than ever before studying the health system customers that we have. We're truly trying to understand what challenges they have. And we come to them, instead of making statements and touting our projects, we're asking them informed questions we're truly trying to understand what challenges they have. And then once we do that, we can make connections with the appropriate Medtronic teams. We can connect them in areas where we have common, where they have a problem and we have a strength. And that can be in different areas, such as in innovation or data analytics, or increasingly what we're hearing about or concerns about health equity. It's a fundamentally different conversation than we've ever had.
0: Absolutely. I think everything you said, you know, aligns so closely with the shift to, to value-based care. And I'm glad you mentioned the shift from, you know, those transactional partnerships or, or nature of relationships to strategic. I, I want to come back to that in a moment, but can you next talk about what role medical, does medical affairs play in engaging more strategically with health system leaders? Can you kind of characterize what that looks like?
1: Yeah, this has been a a new experience for me. We're bringing medical affairs forward, if you will. We're we're bringing them and putting them in front of our customers like we never have before. And it it definitely enables a broader conversation and, and ultimately, I think, one that is more strategic. But if we're going to do that, then we have to bring a different type of medical affairs professional forward. It's it's not just enough to be expert, let's say, on clinical research. We need to have members of our medical affairs team who not only have a deep understanding of medicine, the whole clinical side, patient care, people who have backgrounds as as physicians or, or nurses, but we also have to bring people forward who have experience. In addition to those things in healthcare administration, people who can speak to the concerns of our customers today, they can speak to advanced payment models or the emergence of quality measures or, or health disparities, or people are articulate in how to deploy data analytics and ultimately value-based healthcare. And it's when we have these perspectives at the table, and uh, we can then we can understand what challenges our customers have and do something about it. And we're doing it in a number of different ways. So for example, we're leveraging data analytics as we never have prior. We're deploying care pathway and process improvement. We're we're helping customers meet these new CMS quality measures uh, that are being published increasingly. We're helping them address health disparities in their communities. And we're helping them advance, helping them to help advance innovation for the benefit of patients. So, if you're interested, I could give you a number of, number of examples uh, uh, around each of these.
0: Absolutely, you could share some.
1: Okay, sure. So, like in the area of, of leveraging data analytics, uh, we had an opportunity recently to work with a large academic health system in the U.S. Their interest was linking. Their patients who have the a Medtronic cardiac implantable electric device with their hospital's EMR. These devices throw off an awful lot of data, but they've been missing, that data has been missing in the patient records. So to develop a truly complete patient record and really capture all the outcomes and understand the patient's care path. You need to incorporate this data. So we brought in our IT professionals to help work out a data analytics program where we can take the data thrown off by the Medtronic cardiac devices and incorporate that into the medical record so that these cardiologists can do have a more complete assessment of the procedural outcomes after they've implanted a cardiac device. So that's one example of data analytics. In the area of care pathway process and improvements What we've done in the area of heart failure probably stands out the most to me. Heart failure is is a vexing problem for all health systems. Uh, These patients are incredibly sick and, and expensive to care for. So we've been able to bring to them a new algorithm called Triage HF that is an integrated heart failure risk assessment tool. It uses physiologic inputs like heart rate variability or measurements of thoracic impedance which are a sign of fluid that develops in the lungs, which can be experienced by heart failure patients, to then develop a risk score for each patient individually. So when you patients are deemed to be at the highest risk, those are the ones that can be brought back to the clinic more often. And conversely, those at the lower risk can come to the clinic less often so this is more efficient for both the providers who are experiencing labor shortages, as we mentioned earlier, and also it's much better for the patients because ultimately it will save those who don't need to come to the clinic as often as they as had maybe in the past. But on the flip side, for those who are at increased risk, they will not only will they get the care that they need in the clinic, but it'll probably decrease their risk of unplanned emergency department visits, which of course is a critical benefit to everyone. In the area of CMS quality measures and and that of other pairs, we recently partnered up with a cardiologist at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. We introduced her to a software vendor that has a package that can scan a hospital's EMR and identify patients with a specific disease. In this case, the cardiologist was interested in aortic stenosis. This is a horrible disease, as you probably know, and it has just a two to three-year life expectancy if not properly treated. When we started to deploy this new software to identify patients, well, we saw an immediate reduction in the time of treatment for aortic stenosis, which, of course, had an impact on their prognosis. These results are preliminary but promising to see and of interest with the quality measures that CMS has started to publish, with increasingly has health equity considerations, the cardiologist was able to redesign the software to pick up on social determinants of health. So not only are the patients getting a better outcome, but the hospital itself is in a better position to satisfy quality measures by addressing health disparities. And lastly, in the area of health disparities, we recently announced a partnership with Virtua Health which is a health system in Southern New Jersey with five hospitals and 270 care facilities. And they have a clinic in Cherry Hill, New Jersey called the Cherry Hill Free Clinic. This clinic takes care of the underserved population and they feel like they're not reaching enough patients today, despite the presence of their clinic in the community. So we introduced them to Medtronic Labs, which is a separate nonprofit organization that's charged with developing community-based tech-enabled solutions for underserved patients. And these folks have been working for years in Africa and in India. And now more recently, they've come to the U.S. and they're working with U.S. health systems that want to expand their reach into the communities and bring those, particularly with chronic diseases such as diabetes and hypertension, into the provider's realm. With now that they are in the EMR and under the care of providers at the Cherry Hill Free Clinic, we expect that their outcomes are going to be better than ever before, especially with these chronic diseases that are ultimately killers, such as diabetes and hypertension. So we're really excited to partner with health systems in the area of health disparities, because this is such a vexing problem. It requires the partnership of of many, and we're glad that Us in MedTech can play a role. We know that many of our peers in MedTech are doing the same, and we're encouraged to see those efforts. Maybe I'll just touch on one more, which is about innovation. I, I mentioned it earlier. There is so much to be learned from practicing physicians. These folks may not deem themselves inventors, but they have so many ideas, so much insights to offer. So we're increasingly putting them together with our R&D professionals. We're bringing the R&D folks out of the labs and putting them in front of practitioners. And they are both learning a great deal from one another. We recently hosted a Technology Innovation Day at the University of California, Irvine. And in that setting, we invited UC Irvine neurosurgeons, neurologists, spine surgeons, and some of their data scientists to connect with our Medtronic engineers. And in so doing, The conversation led to what they're starting to see now, although it's early, improved outcomes for their patients as a result of them brainstorming about new technologies that they could, we could develop and that they in turn could bring in so that their patients could get better outcomes. So you know, a true win-win, and I think that's the common theme for all of these interactions, these new strategic collaborations is that, yes, it's a win for Medtronic. Yes, it's a win for our customers, but you know, ultimately it's a win for patients and it's really gratifying to see.
0: Dr. Teppel, thanks so much for walking through all those different examples around data analytics, quality, and others. I think is such a huge and valuable development when you talk about you know integrating that cardiac device data into the into the EHR. Now I know we kind of touched on this already, but can you really just kind of summarize that the, the how the shift from transactional relationships to more of these strategic collaborations that we mentioned really benefits health systems and their patients?
1: Yes, certainly. It starts with us better understanding our customers than ever before. You know we used to go to them and make statements you know, touting the features and benefits of our products. And those days are over. The best way to engage, of course, health systems is, is to come with questions so that we can understand what they're going through. Their challenges and pain points are, are unprecedented. And we all need to help, all stakeholders, whether it be med tech, whether it be pharma, payers, all the stakeholders in the realm of the provision of healthcare really need to come together to to all ideate, to take on some of the challenges that our frontline healthcare professionals are seeing. So this is why strategic partnerships are more viable than ever before versus the prior ones that are really more traditionally transactional. You know, one thing I've noticed as I've connected with more and more U.S. health systems is that when I read their mission statements, it's really remarkable how their statements are worded in a way that is very much just like the Medtronic mission statement, and when we both realize that our missions are so clearly aligned, that is a great basis for a strategic partnership. And we're really enjoying the opportunity to engage in this new way.
0: Absolutely, I think you just touch on, you know, the trend, the positive trend we're seeing overall. Of you know, it's no longer about what our products can do and featuring that that you know the days are that are over and really more so about coming together to solve the challenges of those frontline workers. Now on the same topic of communication, what advice would you have for health system leaders who are interested in really just starting to think differently about her, how they're engaging with their industry partners?
1: Certainly. Well, first off, we do appreciate how much pressure providers are under these days. And so my advice to them is don't try to solve it alone. Bring your stakeholders in, whether they be med tech like us or farmer payers, other stakeholders. I think you'll be surprised at the solutions that come forward when you start to have real conversations about the challenges. I think that there are so many assets that are not being tapped into, whether they live in MedTech or any of the other stakeholders, that could be brought forward so that together we can solve some of these vexing problems that truly are bigger than those we've ever seen before in healthcare.
0: Absolutely. And finally, you know, and, and the different token, what advice would you give to other medical device companies that are that want to take this more strategic approach?
1: You know, in fact, I see a number of med tech companies making the same transition from the transactional to the strategic. And so I couldn't be more encouraging of that. In my own experience, we've been able to bring medical affairs professionals to the table along for the ride. They become part of the relationship. And I would encourage our med tech peers to do the same. So develop teams that have both clinical and healthcare administrative expertise that really understand the challenges that health systems are facing today because they're more diverse, more complex, and frankly, new than anything that we've ever seen before, whether it's the data analytics challenges, health equity, or many of the others that we've mentioned. So I would say is develop teams akin to the ones that we've developed at Medtronic and engage your customers in this new way of seeking out what their challenges are and bringing your best talent forward, not just your sales force, but all those folks behind the sales force, and you can start to solve some of these challenges if we all do it together. And that would be my advice to to other medical device companies.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. DeChapel, for your time and insights today on the value of strategic partnerships between systems and industry partners. We also want to thank Medtronic, our podcast sponsor, You can join us for other episodes of Becker's Healthcare Podcast by tuning into the podcast page on our website at beckershospitalreview.com. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Erica.